Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm Audrey. And this is... David Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. As you know, this season, we've been working and talking about the road forward. The road forward was Napa's plan for the asphalt industry reaching net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And as we wrap this up today, we really want to look forward to talking about moving ahead and what the big picture looks like in the next few years for the asphalt industry. So being in the midst of early stages of the road forward, I'm interested to hear how we continue to tackle the challenge of climate and emissions and some of the critical next steps we'll be taking. So to help us with this conversation today, we've invited Jim Mitchell with Superior Paving Corporation, who's the current chairman of Napa, and Audrey Copeland, the current president and CEO of Napa. Welcome to the podcast. And Jim and Audrey, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and the roles you play? Thanks, Richard. So, yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Jim Mitchell. I'm the current president of our family business, Superior Paving in Northern Virginia. And I've had the honor of representing our industry as the chairman and traveled quite a bit of the country this year. So uh, it's been a great year so far, and I'm happy to be here today. Yep. And this is Audrey, and I, too, am happy to be here on the podcast, finally. I mean, it's season five, and you you finally just invited your boss to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that says more about me than you guys, but really happy to be here. As you said, I'm the president and CEO of Napa. Been in this role for about three and a half years. Before that, I was actually in Richard's role as the head of engineering for Napa. And before that was with Federal Highway Administration. And I feel like things are coming full circle now because one of my missions when I was with Federal Highway was to increase the use of reclaimed asphalt pavement across the country. And now that is a core part of this program in terms of reducing our carbon emissions. So just really excited to be with you all today to talk about this and where we're going for the future. So thank you. So, Jim, the road forward seemed to kick off right as you started your chairmanship. So I'd be interested to hear some of your initial thoughts you had about the undertaking. And then I'd also be interested to hear from Audrey on some of her perspectives on taking this on initially from the association's perspective. The word that comes to mind is excitement, which is probably not the first word that many would choose when the asphalt industry is contemplating how we're going to play a role in the green initiative that's going on in our country. But as we all know, we have a great story to tell. And so the road forward is giving us the opportunity to tell that story and to develop it even further. That was my thought the first day. And I can tell you eight months later, I'm even more excited about what the future holds for our industry and our role in this greater conversation. I'll add that, I'll admit that at first, I wasn't sure how the industry might embrace this effort. It was something that we were having discussions internally as a staff where we knew that this was an opportunity for Napa to lead the industry. And we knew that this was extremely important for the longevity of our industry we had spent the past few years really focusing on how to promote our product, how to ensure that we were competitive in the marketplace and truly communicating our benefits uh, to our customers and clients. And so it just made sense at this time that we needed to take this next step 
in terms of embracing how we can be part of the solution for what's going on with the climate, environmental impact, and things like that. But like I said, there was a lot of skepticism in terms of how the industry would embrace this. So first of all, having the staff leadership, having our technical expertise on board with Richard, with Brett, with Joseph, with Howard was very helpful. But then having our members involved, because we did have a member dedicated task force to this. So it truly was member driven. And then when it got rolled out, when Jim was becoming chairman, we rolled this out at our annual meeting in an effort to truly have our members embrace this initiative for net zero and to educate them on what the industry needed to do to stay competitive and move forward. It was amazing in terms of, like Jim said, the excitement. I mean, the industry pretty much embraced it and knew how important this was. And so that was something that I didn't expect, but has been so refreshing in terms of moving forward and has really generated momentum, not just for Napa, but for the industry as a whole and for everyone that's part of the industry beyond just the producers and contractors. So Audrey, as you mentioned, the Climate Stewardship Task Force put together a a lot of time and effort into putting a plan together and developing a strategy that was really part of the road forward. But one of the things that's been really interesting since we announced this is, for lack of a better phrase, maybe like all the other groups and entities, and whether they're government organizations or DOTs or people that want to push policy, they continue to kind of move the cheese of the industry in terms of what we've got to be doing. And now this is being added to the plate. And they're really opportunities for people when you dig down deep into it. But that also presents a challenge because That can change either our association's priorities as Napa or even, Jim, in your situation, it it may change the priorities of a contractor and how you have to look at running your business. And so how do we stay nimble? We'll start with Audrey as an association, then move to Jim as a contractor, kind of answering that same question. How do we stay nimble and versatile and out in front of these issues as best as possible when it seems like every three days a new policy or piece of legislation is dropping that could impact how we move forward in this space? That's a good question. So first of all, I think in terms of staying nimble, it's staying true to what we do in terms of having the expertise on board and leading the industry. So we know our product better than anyone else. And so we know how we can adapt our product to whatever is coming down the pipeline and the solutions that we offer. This dates all the way back to 2013 when we first started developing the Environmental Product Declaration Program, where we would be enabling our members to produce their own EPDs in a simplified manner as an industry, knowing that that was going to come down the pipeline at some point. It also points to what we have done with Balanced Mix Design, where we're really putting the focus on the performance that road owners want and how we can deliver that performance. So you kind of let the decisions in terms of the recipe and the components and things like that up to the industry. And so those two examples point to how we're being nimble. That stuff is not necessarily required of us yet, but we are leading the industry and leading our customers in terms of providing solutions for that. Richard, when you asked the question, the word that came to mind was implementation. From a contractor standpoint, we need to manage the implementation of current and future technology, as well as current and future regulations, I guess. But 
we have great opportunity to move the needle on our carbon footprint today by encouraging specifiers to utilize current technology. At the same time, as these new regulations are coming down the line, Napa has done a great job of getting out in front of them and trying to manage that conversation. Because if we don't do that, then when the regulation hits the contractor and we have to go invest a chunk of money in a piece of equipment or technology, and then they change their mind on that, or if it's not a realistic goal to implement, those are the real challenges, obviously, on the cost side for the contractor. Yeah, and I'll add to that. I mentioned EPDs and stuff. We're already seeing legislatures mandate this, requirements for EPDs for construction materials, such as in Colorado, in New York, in Oregon. And one of the things they did in Oregon that I think is unique is the industry partnered with those making the policy, those making the laws, to have their voice there. So that's another thing that we're helping the industry with is as these road owners, these agencies grapple with what their role is in climate change and what they can do to encourage this, we actually can have a voice there because we've already been part of this process. We've been intimate with it along the way and we can help assist in those decisions, but we also can help our members, the producers and contractors have the tools whenever these requirements come about. And essentially that's what's coming is making choices based on the impact on the climate is what's coming down our pipeline. I'm curious what our biggest roadblocks are to reaching the goals set out by the program. So is it ourselves? Is it that maybe we're challenged to understand this because it's so politically charged or so political of an issue that the industry is challenged to really understand what the goal is? Or is it maybe our customers and the requirements that are being put on our pavements that are standing in some of the ways that we could possibly change to address some of these programmatic goals related to emissions and climate? Or maybe is it suppliers and products and the products that we need to really produce asphalt mixes? Or am I completely off base? Is it something that I'm not seeing? Yeah, the challenge from my perspective, is overcoming the fear of change. And I say that from a contractor standpoint as well as a specifier standpoint. We have great disparity across the country in how much recycle is acceptable when the technology for that is the same. So we need to get those specifiers up to speed on what even a reasonable spec would look like for a percentage of recycle and use of warm mix. Uh, At the same time, as I've traveled the country, one of the questions that I've asked people is, if you like change, stand up. And nobody ever stands up. And so as contractors, we don't like change. As humans, we don't like change. But we all need to embrace this. And again, I think that's the great part about the Road Forward Initiative is that it's giving us the opportunity as an industry to have conversation, recognize that change is coming, and better navigate the path to follow. There's a lot. (laughs) When you think about all the challenges involved, but there's also a lot of opportunity. I mean, it starts all the way at the top. I mean, we still have to fight and struggle just to justify investment in our roadways and in our infrastructure. But as a country, Most of us use the roads every single day, but we still have to fight for that. There is still underinvestment. 
So right at the top, right there, you have challenges when it's difficult to even maintain the system. So first of all, it was huge that we have the IIJA bill, the infrastructure bill for our industry. And now with further bills, such as the IRA bill, they're going even further and putting these climate challenges on us. When you go down to the decision level at the agency or the DOT level, then you get into we're in a low bid environment. That right there is a challenge. So if you're a contractor and you're bidding on projects, you're just concerned with the here and now, just getting that bid. So that creates challenges in itself as well in terms of sometimes providing overall value. Brett, you mentioned our suppliers, and I'm sure there are challenges on that end. But what I would say in terms of the members of NAPA that help supply our industry is they have truly embraced this. And that is where some of the greatest innovations have come out of. I think as an industry, as we continue to seek these opportunities, as we continue to think through the disruptions that are coming towards us, we will continue to find solutions. But it may just not move as quickly as it could based on this situation in this environment that we're working in. There's going to have to be some hard questions addressed at the national level in terms of investment, but then also in terms of the environment that we bid our projects and things like that. It's always fun when sometimes you set goals that you absolutely have no control over. And and we've had to do that with a few of our goals to help the industry get to net zero, because we really did try to take a, a complete picture view of what it would require us. And I specifically think about two of the goals. And one was partnering with agencies, like kind of like what Jim was talking about, to develop standards that will help us in terms of improved quality, durability. But even sometimes it's just as simple as use more recycled material or and still keep quality. And then we've also got develop a net zero material supply chain as a goal, which depends on how vertically integrated you are as a company, but some of that can be really out of your hands and some you can have a little bit of control over. So we have a lot of partners that we're counting on and we're kind of relying on to help us step up and and reach this goal. And so Jim, I want to start with you and then we'll go to Audrey. If you could send one message to our partners, and that's either like companies in our supply chain or owners that we're looking at to try to work with, what would that message be? What would be the one thing you want them to think about on how they can help us as we move forward? I would say get engaged. Get engaged now. I think it's important that we remember or recognize that our association started this Road Forward program two years ago, right? And it wasn't until January that we rolled out the actual mission statement. We didn't start this the day after the election. We didn't start this two months ago. We started this a couple of years ago. And so sudden, we're in a great place. The pace of this conversation is accelerating. But as I've gone around and spoken to different groups, some of them walk up to me afterwards and say, how do I get engaged? And what that tells me is they see opportunity. They see opportunity in developing technology. And Richard, you did a great job of explaining that in one of these presentations we did together that, hey, we don't have all the answers today, right? We have to develop technology to get to our goal over the next 50 years. And so I think that there are people in our industry that recognize this as an opportunity. And then there are suppliers that have said, 
they don't have to work towards a net zero goal, but they see opportunity. If that's part of our goal, they see opportunity in being part of that. So getting engaged in that conversation and helping us go down the road together, the time is now. Yeah, I I really like that word engagement, because I do think that that is what it's all about, that we all come together. We're all pulling together as an industry. And your question was pointed in a good way in terms of what would you say, you know, and so I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I mean this in the most sincere way and and talk, I guess, to the binder industry, the binder side of things, because that is such an important component of our product. And just to give a little bit of background, at our most recent NAPA Board of Directors meeting, we were having some discussion around where it's important to continue our partnerships. And really, it was within that vertical integration of our supply chain that is so critical. And so that means you're talking aggregates, and it means you're talking the asphalt binder. And that's also what I hear when I talk to our leadership and I talk to our members the concerns are somewhat coming from the binder side of things. I mean, you know, it's no secret that our binder is derived from oil. We're actually probably one of the most sustainable pavement product because we are using what's at the bottom of the barrel instead of that going to some landfill or something like that. I mean, how ingenious that we have used this to pave over 90% of our roads. So I think we are the original (laughs) sustainable pavement type. But that doesn't mean that we need to rest on our laurels. Like I said, I mean this in the most sincere way that we want to continue engaging with our partners on the binder side with the Asphalt Institute. They have such extensive knowledge of their product, and I truly believe they care about our industry. That is where I would really like to see some synergies play out as we move forward on this road forward and committing to net zero. I know that they recently hired a sustainable engineer who we know very well, Jake. So I think that's a great step forward and uh, just really want to continue working with them and exploring how we can continue to improve our product. So kind of continuing along on that line, I'm curious if you'd have a message for producers and contractors in regards to the road forward. So looking at industry's efforts towards net zero, if that message might be slightly different or what, what your one message for that group would be. My message would be, first of all, continuing on with what Jim said in terms of engagement. Please keep an open mind. Please realize that this is critical to the longevity of the industry. And so do what you can to learn about it. And we are going to help you stepwise through this over the next few years in terms of what producers can do. And then what I would also say is if there is an opportunity for you to be involved, please, we welcome your involvement. And some of my member visits, I've had some folks say to me, oh, this is too ambitious. We may not be able to make this goal. Well, you're right. We can't make this goal tomorrow, but we need to have something to strive towards. There needs to be a goal in mind in terms of mobilizing the industry And I think our members did a very good job of educating themselves and then setting these goals. And so what I would say is there is an opportunity for you to continue to be involved as well. Engage, learn what you can. And if you want to be involved in this in terms of setting the industry direction, we always welcome the feedback, even if it's critical. Yeah, the road forward is not 
going to be an easy one, but I can also say that having uh, traveled and met so many people in our industry, even those that maybe are not represented by Napa just because they're not members, this industry is full of entrepreneurs. And those people are going to figure out the details of how we get better and participate in this conversation. It's going to take technology. It's going to take testing. It's going to take research at NCAT. But at some point, it's going to be implementation by the contractors. But we've got to accept the reality that this is a real conversation and not one that we can just ignore. If you get off the sidelines and participate, not only are you going to be better off as we move forward, but you as a company will be more competitive because you'll be part of that technology and part of the new way of doing things, even though we might not know exactly what that looks like today. It's going to be new and different 10 years from now, for sure. There's a saying that Jim actually likes to say that, you know, this is not just political anymore. It's become generational. So we're now seeing it impact other areas of companies as well. So it's going to impact your ability to attract workforce since it has become a generational issue. The younger folks now are asking, what are you doing for the environment? Or what are you doing in terms of climate change? What are your values there? It's going to impact your value as a company moving forward. We already see the publicly traded companies are beholden to shareholders who are putting an emphasis on the environment and social governance. And that will trickle down to regional, medium, and smaller companies as well. So as you look at the value of your company and the ability to attract workforce, it is going to become more and more important that this is integrated into your company as well. I've got a question I'd like to ask, and this it kind of goes into something you both alluded to. You've been a little bit surprised as you've gone out and you've talked to people. And, and I'll admit that I, I have been pleasantly surprised as well sometimes. What have been some of the reactions that you've gotten? Has it been cautious optimism? People going, hey, no clue how we're going to do it, but I'm on board. We'll get there together. Or just what has been some of the word of mouth you've been hearing? So my experience has been every time I get done talking about the road forward, an associate member walks up to me and says, Wow, that's really exciting. Here's an idea that I have for their company to thrive or participate in that conversation. The other observation I've made is, was at the mid-year. I felt like this past meeting in Santa Barbara was the most engaged meeting we've had in quite some time. And I'm sure some of that is because of COVID and the ability for us all to gather again and, and appreciate our friendships. But I really felt like, man, when we're sitting in these committee meetings, there is a level of urgency that all roads now kind of lead back to how is this industry going to participate in the green initiative? So I definitely feel a greater level of engagement. The road forward gives us the center point to talk about the regulatory impacts, the technology opportunities, and the engagement's been great to see this year. I really think that it all kind of leads back to the realities of the road forward. So. For so many in our industry, and especially those that are involved in Napa and truly see the importance of moving the industry as a whole forward, looking beyond their company into the industry and, and the longevity, them knowing that there is a path, them knowing that Napa 
has created a plan for the industry, I think has brought them some comfort, even though it is ambitious, even though it's challenging, we don't have everything figured out, but at least there's someone, us, that are waking up and thinking about this all the time and creating a plan and bringing the industry together. And so that's where I think their thinking is, but that at the same time, the fact that they're giving us such positive feedback I know me as an individual, I thrive off of positive feedback. Sometimes that's what keeps me going when sometimes it feels like the cards are stacked against you or you've got big challenges. And so hearing from our leadership, hearing from our members that we are on the right path, that they appreciate what we're doing, and we're hearing that so often now. I mean, that's what's been wonderful is how everyone has embraced it and everyone is excited and getting behind it has really made a difference. And, and we're able to convey that to the staff here. So again, there is that excitement. Right before we released this, we also redid our leadership and our governance to improve engagement. So I've been at Napa for 10 years, and we now have people begging to come on our board. We have people begging to be a part of our advisory councils, to be on our sustainability committee and part of this. And seeing that increase in engagement and enthusiasm to a point, you know, Richard, you're right. There is probably some cautious optimism, like, oh, my God, how are we going to do all this? But at the same time, when you know what you're supposed to do, when your coach gives you the signal, if you're uh, y'all can't see me, but I'm doing some baseball, you know, bunting type (laughs) stuff here. And you know what you're supposed to do. You know, you set out there and there's a plan and you know what you're supposed to execute on. It just really helps. And that's where we're helping provide guidance to the industry. So, Both of you mentioned investment and research. And I'm just curious if you see any specific areas where we could really make headway on things in regards to investments or research on topics surrounding this and who we might look to to help with some of that. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Actually, I probably would defer some of it to Richard. Richard might have some really good thoughts there. We're going to put we're going to make you do a dual role, Richard. Not only are you a host, but you're going to be a guest today. Uh, but I guess what I would say off the top of my mind is I think there is an opportunity to put dedicated resources behind this. And I know there's some things going on where our research partners such as the National Center for Asphalt Technology are looking into these type of dedicated funds, but I think Having that dedication to this challenge and knowing that there is government as well as industry support behind it will go a long way to accelerate some of the challenges and the gaps that are actually identified in our road forward plan, because that type of stuff has been thought through, but it is going to take those resources. My best answer to that is to distribute the existing information that we have. I think that a lot of contractors are skeptical because in the past we have had missteps in implementing new technology. And I was talking to a, a, a fellow contractor and, and we were talking about implementation of new technology. And he said, Jim, I just don't want another misstep like we had with, I forget what example he used. And I said, well, what if I gave you 10 research papers that establish that this new technology that we're talking about is going to work. He said, that'd be great. Well, then to me, we need to gather up the work 
that we've done to date, which of course involves other partners beyond NCAT, right? Men Roads and, and others over the years where we can make sure that we're packaging the information around warm mix or packaging the information around recycle, whether it's to get a state to move from 10 to 30% recycle or to get a state to move from 30 to 40. Of course, there are challenges with that around equipment and uh, specifications, but I think that's a great opportunity for us as an association to be able to package those things up. And I know we've done those things in the past. We do a great job with those things, but I think this conversation is going to create a greater need for effective communication, right? And maybe it's doing videos instead of white papers. And maybe some of it we're doing right now, right, by having this conversation. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that partnership thing is is key that you're alluding to. And, and Richard, you know, Richard is the chair of a joint effort with NCAT and agencies in the industry called Capri. So there, are, I think there will be opportunities there. We have our our own joint efforts with the state asphalt pavement associations for uh, pavement economics. So there may be efforts in terms of sustainability research there. But I also think, and I, I hope I'm not getting, you know, too out ahead of my skis or in front of my skis here, is that there's an opportunity to bring everyone together. So one of the things that we're exploring for the future is hosting some type of event that brings together industry and the agencies to have these type of discussions in terms of what needs to be done, uh, what are the research gaps, what are the resources we need, how can we work together for sound decisions in terms of pavement technology and implementation. And so anyways, I guess I just wrap all that up by saying I think there's opportunities uh, to to bring folks together and in coalition on this moving forward as well as identifying where we can have uh, targeted resources for these efforts. Audrey kind of put it back to me a little bit. I, I will say I think there's lots of opportunities and I think it's just wrapping our heads around how do we try to tackle it all, especially with some of the recent legislation that's out there. I mean, FHWA has got their climate challenge, which they'll be announcing in the near future who are, have just announced, who knows, depending on what day this is released, uh, what states are involved. And I know they had numerous more states want to participate in that type of research than they were expecting. And Department of Energy is going to have funds for investing in reducing emissions in industrial type facilities. And I'm hoping that we can work with DOE to help make asphalt and companies and refineries a, a part of that opportunity. There's going to be ways to work with EPA and FHWA on low carbon asphalt related specifications and labels and trying to help people understand what's there. I do think a lot of times when we talk about our partners, we talk about owners and we talk about our supply chain. But I think going back to something that was previously mentioned is our, the, the academic community has got to be a partner in this as well. And I, and I think one of the things that we really need to do is have some frank conversations about what research is really needed. Instead of 50 universities doing the same study, we need to have a more global kind of effort to not answer the same question 50 times, but answer 50 different questions that are going to get us 50 steps closer or help us kind of move in that direction. We started implementing warm mix in the U.S. There was kind of a plan that was developed on how do we as a country move forward in this direction to implement that. And I think 
that maybe that's something we need to do with the research community as well. And, and having those conversations at the Association of Asphalt Pavement Technologists and at the Transportation Research Board with our partners um, to make sure that our, our research is concentrated and it is what needs to be done. And it is something that is going to, to help us move forward um, it is important because we've got some baby steps in front of us and we've got some giant leaps. Um, and, and sometimes we need to do some some basic things before we can take those giant leaps so that there's a better chance of success. And so I would encourage those of you who may be listening from the academic community to, to reach out to us and see kind of what are we looking at? Look at the road forward because we identify some of the research gaps and over the course of the fall, we'll be updating that with new ones for 2023. And um, we, we do want to all be working on this together. I think you're exactly right. Uh, there there are all these groups that are working on different things. Um, and, and one of them is even the Sustainability Twig Technical Working Group with the Federal Highway Administration. And so having that group really zero in on, you know, what is their purpose and what can they do? And then also how can they influence, like, for example, what's going on over at the Transportation Research Board in terms of what research needs to be done and how academics can help out, I think is definitely worthwhile. And so I look forward to us having a role in that because just all the things you mentioned in terms of, um, uh, you know, the EPA, the Department of Energy, <laughs> we didn't even mention General Service Administration yet, you know, and they're incorporating it into their projects. They've actually put out guidance on low carbon asphalt. Thankfully, we had a voice in that and we were help, able to help educate them on that. But man, there is just so much swirling right now that there is going to have to be some higher level thought leadership in terms of focusing the conversation, but then also in terms of what are the most pressing needs in, in terms of those resources. And so I'm very proud that we have a voice in that. We have relationships with all of those agencies and we're furthering developing those relationships. So I think it's going to have to be something that we also are cognizant of in terms of thinking about exactly what we're talking about today in terms of the higher level and keeping our eye on the ball. Jim and Audrey, I want to thank you very much for your time in this conversation with us today. And we appreciate y'all's leadership and helping um, as you communicate with industry and even with other associations and other groups on, on what we're doing and and why, I think that's the big thing we're having to communicate right now. Why is this the time and why is this important for us to do? I mean, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Brett. Thank yeah, you. glad to be here. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you. So my takeaway from today is something that we kind of touched on there at the end and just the vast opportunities for investment and research around this topic are really interesting. and. Um, they involve all parties, that being industry, agency, academia, and to really make it to the goal. Um, today's conversation really highlighted how we need everybody at the table, everybody looking at this opportunity and really exploring and really helping us hit that finish line. Yeah, and I want to jump back to the word engagement. And I think a lot of people wonder where to start. And I think that that's one of those places, one of those first steps is get involved. And it doesn't matter whether you're a contractor or an owner or an academic or someone who is creating the equipment that we use or additives. So people in our supply chain, we need everybody to make this happen. 
And we don't want this to just be Napa's plan. We really want it to be the asphalt industry's path forward. I think engagement is that right word. And if you leave with one thing, it was I thought it was interesting that that was really kind of the message to our partners, but to the contractors as well. And I don't think that there's probably a better word to, to sum it up. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.